What's up, guys, and welcome back to a very special episode here on Full Drop Podcast. Man, I want to say first off, thank you to everyone who um, congratulated us. Of course, the big announcement was that we finally have a own studio space. I know I had a couple of people ask me, what does this mean? Or maybe they had questions, what does it mean? Uh, what's it going to change? It's going to change absolutely everything. I can have more guests in here and uh, I can do videos now with the podcast as well and film everything that I need to film in here. So it's going to be a very, very big step. Uh, and I'm really, really glad that I took it. And it's going to really change uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything like that. Uh, so that's why I wanted to make that announcement as well here on the podcast. If you guys haven't already seen on our Instagram, you should have already seen it uh, by now, but just in case you haven't. And on this episode, we'll be talking to Logan from DSM Drops. We got a couple controversial topics that we're going to be talking about. First, it's going to be, of course, the Jordan 1 Trophy Room. As you guys know, he was able to get his hands on it, and uh, he told us some secrets that a lot of people didn't know, and I'm glad he shared it with us because... Uh, we've had so many questions. I know as a sneakerhead myself uh, and as a business owner, I've had a lot of questions about that release. A lot of people were upset about it. We're also going to be talking about the Super Bowl, his thoughts on Tom Brady and uh, the halftime performance and going forward with the Super Bowl. We also be talking about the hobby. And on this episode, we're doing something different. I kind of wanted to try out and do rips while we're doing the podcast. Uh, so that's what we're doing in this episode. I'm super happy that we ended up doing that uh, just because it was really cool to do. And we pulled a couple good cards and stuff like that. Also, last but not least, we'll be talking about Skate Shop Day, which is going to be tomorrow. So make sure to support your local skate shop. Our local skate shop here is Subsec. Shout out to the good, good guy, uh, Kevin. He's been absolutely killing it with his merch and stuff like that he's been dropping. Of course, things that he's been doing for the community as well. So we also talk about that in this episode. But before we get into that, I want to play a beat by the homie Hustle. He's been killing it with his streams. And, you know, of course, I understand why he kind of switched things up to doing streams. That's why I kind of switched things up uh, from shoes to cards. Still trying to do both, uh, but let's go ahead and I'm going to leave you with a beat from him and we'll get into today's episode. Hustle, 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 hustle.
What's up, guys? Welcome back to another very, very special episode, um, podcast episode, I should say, here with a repeat guest, Logan from DSM Drops. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, um, a lot of controversial stuff, um, I should Ooh, say. Spicy. It's spicy, real spicy. <laughs> First topic, of course, um, I want to talk about is the controversy surrounding the Air Jordan 1 trophy. Room. Man, starting off right to it, yeah. right to the gut. So hot, hot topics. What's a? A lot of people have been asking: Did Marcus Jordan backdoor the pairs, or did he not? <laughs> like, what, what were you thinking? Uh, man, I'm a man of honesty, and yes, yeah, he backdoored almost all the pairs. And I, I know he's trying to cover it up, and um, obviously we all knew he was going to. But yes, I can I can tell you from from the source that he uh, he backdoored many 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 pairs and it was it was a mess and he charged a lot of money to resellers and um, yeah he basically resold his own shoe straight from Nike so yeah that's it's fine i mean people do it people have been doing it since the 80s um, ever nike knows that backdooring is part of the culture yeah. and uh, but i think the issue is he charged a lot of money mm-hmm for his pairs. <laughs> yeah, because I know, I know there was like people saying that there, with every release, especially a hype release, you'll see like pairs without a box and yep. yeah, of course. you'll see that and then people are like, oh, you know, some pairs came with blue laces and if your pair didn't, that means it's fake. And then the 170, 190 thing, like the retail price, mm-hmm. you think he kind of lost control, like he was going to backdoor a couple of them, but then it just got like overwhelmingly like just bad. I. I, I don't know exactly. So I got uh, I got a handful of pairs, mm-hmm. and the guy that I bought them through, um, he went he went down and picked them up mm-hmm. um, from Trophy Room. So the thing is, I just don't know what happened because I only had so many so much communication, and it was through a source so mm-hmm. it's like I don't know how much information I'm getting told that's 100% truthful mm-hmm. and it seemed like he was confused and like even the morning of the pickup day mm-hmm. for all these shoes like the guy I pre-ordered through um, messaged me and he was like I don't know if we're even getting them like you know I drove all the way to Florida to pick these up and now it's not seeming like it's gonna happen and by the end of the day he had loads and loads and loads of pairs um so i think it was just a mess and i'm sure uh i'm sure trophy room figured out they could make a crazy amount of money Mm -hmm. but they were trying to be sly about it and then realized there was no way to be sly about it and so i think they were just caught in a weird spot yeah um yeah but they backdoored basically all the pairs pairs. um and, and that's that's something obviously that like I I saw too. At first I was thinking, okay, it's just like the normal people that always post like those flex pictures. Mm-hmm. But then to find out like rumors and of them saying like, hey, he backdoored them. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a release like that where like the actual no. person really, like just backdoored them. All of, all of them. Like it, it happens every release, mm-hmm. you know. And if I owned a store, I would do the same thing. I would make sure all of my friends top customers, my family taken care of. Of course, you're going to do that. That's, that is just normal business. Yeah. But to do it, you know, for a resale price Mm -hmm. to a huge amount of 
people, that's probably never been done. And then it'd be interesting to pick Nike's brain to see how they feel about it. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Do you think there's going to be any consequences? Because, of course, it's Michael Jordan's son. <laughs> Do you think there's going to be any consequences behind that? No. No. Why? Like, the thing is, I don't... I've never read a Nike contract. Mm-hmm. I've never... I'll, I'll never, probably never be in that position. And so, the thing is, it's like, I don't know what happens on the dotted line. Like, did he sign a contract saying that the general public would be able to get 8,000 of the 12,000 pairs? Like, mm-hmm. there's probably a good chance that it's just kind of unspoken rules. Like, Nike releases shoes every week, and um, I know they're a huge company, but they probably just kind of allow this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think now Nike's like, oh, this was taken fully advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure they're having some funny talks behind doors, but I don't think there will be like any repercussions. Yeah. I don't know. That that would seem almost to backfire in Nike's face. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, why tarnish our reputations? Mm-hmm. Um, so I bet I get swept under the rug. Yeah. It's going to happen, honestly. Yeah. Uh, what would your like take on the 171.90 resale price? I know Ben Strauss... Um, P-Town Kicks did a video on it. Do you think that they changed that up and on purpose and also like the blue laces? Do you think that was something that it was done to kind of like tell people like, oh, I, we didn't backdoor pairs, you know, like if your yeah. pair didn't come with them. Like they Dude, the blue laces is a funny topic because at one point, all the pairs coming from Trophy Room were going to have them. Mm-hmm. At one point, none of them were going to have them. Mm-hmm. At another point... After the pickup, Marcus told people, hey, I'll mail you the blue laces because I don't have them yet. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, he decided to do friends and family only. And I think that's because he realized that everyone had his pairs now, that he had to do something special and say like, oh, yeah, only the blue lace pairs are the ones that I gave from Trophy Room. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The whole thing is just sloppy. Oh, boy. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that's why everyone is having fun talk about it because it's like a sloppy crime. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, and then, then if you're going to do a crime, I mean, you might as well do it, like, go big for it, I guess. <laughs> and you know you're Michael Jordan's son, so what's going to happen? Like, I, I suppose. And, uh, yeah. Who it's knows? just a weird topic. I don't think there's ever been a release to date that has ever been... Like surrounded by so much controversy and so much like people are angry and then there's some people that like laugh it off there's people that like don't understand it Mm -hmm. well people are just angry because they didn't get the pairs and now they're selling for three to four thousand dollars yeah i mean what he did shows if you get all the pairs Mm -hmm. in good resellers hands that the price never dips, you know? And that's one cool thing that I've seen. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, if all the good resellers um, that are panic selling on every single release mm-hmm. get the pairs, it just shows you that uh, people are willing to hold out and drive the price up. And like overnight, basically, you know, a week later they've doubled in price. Yeah, I think it's crazy that they're going for more than uh, Chicago's. Yeah. That's just mind blowing. <laughs> I really, I just, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think that she was going to, I knew it was going to do numbers, but I didn't think it was going to be at the number it's at right now. Um, how do you think people can learn from this release? Like there's going to be a lot of talk of people saying like, what can we do moving forward? But in my opinion, I feel like there's nothing that should be done. I mean, it's, it's just part of the game. Heck yeah. Um, Make connections. Yeah. 
Do you think that's what people should learn is just make connections? (laughs) Yeah, or, I mean, it's just part of business. Mm. Like, as you grow older, you find that some business is straightforward. Some business is kind of shady. But in the end, it always is true. Like, you are who you know. And so those connections are great. And, um, you know, I can say that with a chip on my shoulder, sadly, because I got pairs. Mm -hmm. And it's because I had made connections with enough people that had good connections themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So it worked out pretty dang well. And, um, you know, I should have bought a lot more, but Mm -hmm. I didn't. And the pairs that I did bought went to people I really like Mm -hmm. and customers that I really uh, enjoy getting pairs to. And um, so it's cool to see them like get pairs and then, you know, me telling them like, hey, I think this is a good investment. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out to be a good investment. Then it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, like oh, my clients are making money. That uh, warms my heart. That honestly does. I feel like a lot of times, especially now, we we're talking about um, just businesses and how it can easily like sour, and mm-hmm. how like a lot of people now aren't thinking about long term business relationships. They're looking more at, like short term. Yeah. Especially like resellers that are getting into it. They think about how can I make like, a quick flip, which is fine, but also like building those small relationships and then, you know, kind of going from there when you get bigger. Mm-hmm. It's something that honestly people don't think about. Um, but the second topic, of course, I want to talk about is the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, we're kind of late to it already. Um, but what do you think about the game itself and like what happened? Tom Brady is a beast. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that because I know a lot of people doubt uh, him. I know a lot of people were like, no, there's no way that he's going to. Uh, be able to to win another ring, but what he's do you so think? good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was cool. I've never been uh, a Tom Brady fan just because I hated how many Super Bowls. You know, I'm an underdog guy through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at this point this year, it was like, okay, he got thrown into uh, a hodgepodge situation. Mm-hmm. He called up his, you know, his B team essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, and he got uh, all these guys to commit and say, "Hey, we want to win a ring. Let's let's just try it." Mm-hmm. And then the team came out and they crushed it. I mean, yeah, the, and and Tom Brady is amazing, but the whole team like stepped up, and you could tell that they all believed that they were going to win the Super Bowl, and they came out and did it. So it was fun fun to watch. Uh, I enjoyed it. I obviously with the Chiefs being close to us, mm-hmm. I would have loved to see the Chiefs uh, get another Super Bowl. But um, you know, God willing, I think Mahomes is going to be the next guy that takes the reign of mm-hmm. winning MVPs and driving people to Super Bowl. So yeah. I didn't feel as bad because I do believe that Mahomes will lead so many teams to the Super Bowl for the rest of his career, yeah. um, as long as he stays healthy and. Um, you know everything like that, but um, yes, yeah, it, it was cool to see. I uh, I wish it was a closer game, but yeah. were you collecting any Tom Brady or Mahomes cards before <laughs> then? I I I have stayed away from football. I I love basketball. That's my favorite sport, and so I'm just way more invested in basketball. Um, yeah, and the prices were pretty high on some of the opportunities that I had to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, so I'm gonna wait till off season, um, maybe a month or two from now. I think there will be a little dip, and um, I'll pick up some Brady cards. Nice, nice. I um, think I think he'll be the 
Michael Jordan in football for quite a while. Yeah. What do you think about the halftime show? I know a lot of people didn't like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm easy to please. Really? I was like, yeah, that's fun. I don't know. Uh, I didn't have any crime with it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people, like, every year, if, like, their type of genre isn't playing for yeah. the halftime show, they won't like it no matter what. Well, and there's some people that just, like, always love to complain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people that bet on uh, the Chiefs winning that complained about the halftime show. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Do you think it factored in that they won because they were, um, like, where the game was at? Or no? I mean, it makes it comfortable. Mm-hmm. But, no, I don't think it, I think they could have won that game anywhere. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I do agree with that, though. I know that, dude, like, no matter what, people are not going to be pleased at all. Um, no matter. Just, like, even if it's their genre or not, I mm-hmm. honestly agree. Um, third topic, of course, I'm really excited. Um, I wanted to get into the hobby. You're, of course, huge, huge into cards. Um, and I just wanted to get into it. And... You know, rips and stuff here. First time ever doing it. Sweet. So I'm super excited. Uh, what's been the toughest thing to learn from, like, ever ripping cards or, like, getting into cards? Mm, toughest thing has been see, just, and everyone goes through it, mm-hmm. seeing what you could have potentially sold things for. And so that's that's the only thing that weighs heavy on my shoulders is the first probably six months to eight months of getting into cards. I didn't know enough about um the potentials of grading Mm -hmm. or when to buy when to sell you know there's huge common trends in the market um and so i just hadn't been through those seasons of like okay cards go for a lot um you know during playoffs and finals and then when they're not being shown on tv there's a dip like what i said like tom brady's cards will probably be at a low point here in a month to six weeks or so mm-hmm. um, because people are more focusing on basketball, baseball season starting up. Um, you know, you're seeing prospects come up and it's more fun to watch. And so people forget about football. And then, of course, next season starts up and we're like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm a Tom Brady fan again. I want his card. And so um, you're just kind of learning those things. Um, there's a common a thing that I bring up, you know, every once in a while when people talk about mm-hmm. what mistakes I've learned from in sports cards. And there's like a, a big lot that I sold um, maybe four or five months into collecting cards. That was, I think I sold it for $10,000 and none of it was graded and it was all just phenomenal cards that I had gotten. Mm-hmm. And um, if I would have graded things and waited probably six months to sell it all, it would have been worth you know, fifty to seventy five thousand instead of ten thousand and so that's, you know, a huge number, especially for a guy like myself. And so um I think that's where I saw that and I saw the cards that I used to have sell for crazy numbers mm-hmm. uh six months later and it's like, okay, I need to be really calculated. I need to study and research and so like for the past few months it's just been every day just researching, looking at data um, trying to find trends and things that are common. And so just, you know, kind of like stocks, just trying to get lucky and predict the right things before they go up. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on like the Kobe autos and the numbers that they're doing for his passing away? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. Yeah. I don't, I, uh, you know, they had, um, some of his stuff 
already autographed and kind of sitting. And so it's cool to see some people get their redemptions um, back. Those are huge cards, of course. And then the mosaic packs that they did. I, I thought that was a pretty good compromise. Um, those packs are reselling for like 2000 bucks. So I hit, you know, I had hit a Kobe redemption mm. in a prison break, I think. Maybe an optic break. Yeah. A few months into getting into cards. And someone offered me 350 bucks for it. And I thought that was great. And I was like, well, who knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. um, with his cards. And so I, I sold it. And so now looking back, if I would have redeemed it and got a $2,000 value pack of cards, I would have been pretty happy. Yeah. So I think Panini did a, a you know, halfway decent job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so prop, props to them. I feel like Panini is... Um, not the greatest company in the world. That's no one, sure. no one loves Panini, yeah. sadly, um, and they take advantage of the market quite often mm-hmm. um, with their prices. And so, yeah, I thought I, they did kind of a stand-up job and made sure everyone was taken care of. Um, and if they didn't get an auto, they could at least sell it their pack on eBay for two grand and be pretty happy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think a lot of people don't have patience when it comes to either like redemption <laughs> or like grading. grading stuff. What's your thoughts on like grading? Because I feel like there's a lot of companies. While we're talking about that, I'll go ahead and get into the first uh, elite trainer. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts on like not being able to have patience with grading and how like I feel like it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I feel like PSA kind of and Beckett too kind of manipulated a little bit, or they have a lot of power. Do you well, think they, yeah, they have all the power. I mean, there's there's not too many side companies that are out there getting the respect that Beckett and uh, PSA have set up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, they kind of get to do what they want. Um, that being said, they're just completely swamped. So there's. I guarantee you they're not letting people take two hour long breaks, you know, yeah. I'm sure they're hustling and grinding and um, they're trying to get stuff out as fast as possible. I just, the thing that always like makes me stress out is the fact that they still publish their prices as like five day service, 10 day service. And I'm like, come on, just, just say it's like level one now or level two or level three. I'm like, you're you're causing uh, all your customers a lot of strife by giving them a, a number that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, you want to rip some? Yeah, I'll rip some stuff. I, I brought a lot of basketball on stuff that I've been uh, happy to rip, but... You can rip one of those. Oh, man. Well, I was going to ask you, that was going to be the next question. What do you think about Pokemon? Have you ever gone into it? or? I love the upside of it, but man, I have been just so unlucky with ripping Pokemon, so... Yeah, I've kind of had my uh, go at it, but no luck, so. Uh, but it's been fun watching you hit Charizard right. left and right. But these are the uh, the this Hidden Fates, which was a re-release, correct? Uh, yeah. Because uh, they, they came out with Hidden Fates maybe a year ago. So this would be the reprint. Okay. Is there anything different about it? No. No, no they're exactly the same thing. I know uh, Pokemon was saying with the... Uh, with how a lot of people are reselling, that they uh, they were gonna change it up and kind of do major reprints. Mm-hmm. Something shiny back there. Um, so yeah, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask you is, what do you think about reprinting a product, and are you for it or against it? 
Um, man, as long as the, as an investor, as long as the population count of stuff doesn't get out of control, mm-hmm. I think we're still trying to figure out what that means. Yeah. At this current stage, um, which is a, a risky move just because that's what they tried to do in the 90s too. And yeah. there's a reason it's called the junk wax era. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people are really stressed that people are just going to um, cash in on the market yeah. and um, overproduce things, which should be happening. But um, yeah, so far I don't think it's gotten crazy. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I do agree. Um, what do you think about like all the stuff, like all the new rules of like people having to only be able to buy like a certain amount of product at a certain time, especially targets and Walmart's oh, yeah. thing. Retail what, hunters. Yeah. What do you? What is your uh, thought on limiting products? Are you for it against it or? Kind of have to. There's just too many people that have ruined it, which happens anytime there's money involved. Shoes. It happens every single release, right? Yeah. People get mad that they're not making a ton of money. Nice. Or they miss out. Um, so it's the same thing that happens with cars. Like, it only takes one sour apple to ruin a line and get targets. Like, why are we doing this? You know, yeah. Target has nothing to gain from it. Like, this, so it's just easier for them to limit and make sure it's a little more fair. And someone can't just come in and buy... $5,000 worth of product. Yeah. Um, Especially an employee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, man, I am terrible at this. But that Snorlax is cute. Might have to keep that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that was so much stuff. That, uh, yeah, I'm sure your boxes are just filled with base Pokemon. Nice. Right? I thought that was a Charizard at first. Oh, man. What is it? Um, it's oh, a it's dark a sweet idea. card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the thing with Hidden Fates and why a lot of people are really wanting it is it's because it's the most profitable um, product right now. Because there's only one big Charizard, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. Or Champion's Path had two different two ones. Two different ones, yeah. And then so. the, the one that did so horrible was the Darkness Ablaze one. Hmm. Which, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me, but it did horrible. Um, what are What are... There was a pretty big Charizard um, in there those was, packs as well. Yeah, there was a Charizard, which, you know, everyone wants a Charizard nowadays, but yeah, it was just awful. Nice little shiny card, <laughs> right? Yes, but That's that dime piece. that Charizard there is worth like, there was worth, um, I think you can get it for like 70 bucks, which is pretty low. Because most, most full art Charizards are going for four to six hundred dollars right yeah now. yeah and like champions path dropped a lot so do you think there's uh, a possible good investment there by buying those or do you um, think it's just kind of a trend that people are just never gonna pay a lot of money i don't for those? think they'll ever pay because the, like the way that you can hit a lot of like stuff on there oh okay i think i think like the pull rate is what people are looking at yep when it comes to that. So there is a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more. Uh, gotcha. Those. Yeah, when when Hidden Fates first came out, that was all the jam. We used to um, go to GameStop and like buy all their, um, they weren't elite trainer boxes, but they like the little Pokeball ones. Yeah. They had a lot of booster packs in them and we used to just sit in my basement and rip them. But uh, we 
never ever hit much, so. They're cool. They're good looking cards though. So yeah. I think that's what drives. Like the heart and stuff like this. Um, Dark Red GX, Scyther is worth like 30 bucks. Um, I really? This one's worth like 10 bucks. I haven't looked this one up, but yeah. Like I said, there's some good money to be made in it. I think that's why people want it. So that wasn't a huge box. No. Yet, but not bad. You still got maybe 50, $50 back. Yeah. Yeah, so. But the thing is, like, the, that's the reason why people want it because you get into, I'm gonna get into the second one. Um, the reason why people like this set is because you can at least make something back. Yeah. Whether, that's like, it's nice. Yeah, with, like, in my opinion, like, that's why we were talking about Prism NFL. I've seen people rip through a bunch of it and not pull a single good card. 100%. And that's why I think that's why, like I said, a lot of people want this set is just because the risk is not quite as extreme. Yeah, it's not quite as big. Yeah. You can make some money back. Totally. Um, even like this card right here, which is the uh, the promo card. Promo card is worth money. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like a stained glass tag team. Yeah. Yeah. So and and a lot of these get banged up and mass printed. Mm -hmm. And this one, from first glance, looks crazy centered um, and so if you send this into PSA and and pull a dime on it you know you're you're making your boxes money back yeah um, just by that so just knowing you're gonna have a little bit is super nice um, a lot of the product I open mm -hmm. like football football is all in or all out like you either hit a good quarterback or you don't and it's it's kind of brutal basketball I've really loved because Players develop over years and they get traded and they find different roles. Mm -hmm. If you make it to the NBA, you're good, right? Yeah. The, like the NBA doesn't draft hundreds of players every year. Mm -hmm. And so you're in an elite group if you get drafted to the NBA. So even people who go late in the second round yeah. can still become incredible players. Yeah, um, Eric Pascal, is he plays for the Warriors, and he's been one of my favorite players to watch on the rookie class. Mm. He's just like this beefy... You know, just broad shoulder, kind of bowling ball of a basketball player. Yeah. But he shoots so incredibly well. Um, he's pretty dang consistent with his offense. Um, he's just struggling with kind of finding his team role and playing good defense. Yeah. But that can all be coached. And so he's one of those guys that's like no one knew about him on draft night. Yeah. Um, I think he played for Nova. Um, and so the, he was on a great college team. And then now that he's on the Warriors and getting some minutes, like, he looks great. And so uh, cards, you know, when we were first pulling them at a 1920 product, mm -hmm. you pull an Eric Pascal and you're like, well, throw this in the 50 cent bit or something. Yeah. I was like, no, his cards are going for good money. Um, and a lot of his, like, low-numbered prism stuff are catching near $1,000. So mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where... With basketball, you know, you have up to five years, at, you know, at least to hold on to those rookies and see what, what can happen. So that's why I've, I've really fallen in love with ripping uh, sports products and basketball. Made what do you think so. is your product? Like, would you rather do like hoops or like NFL stuff? Like hoops. Hoops. Yeah, man, prisms, prism football. It, has been brutal to me. I did pick up some recent um, optic mm -hmm. football, which um, I think I will rip right now. Okay. I have a mega and a blaster. 
Let's get and into I, it. I got those, um, and I love Optic products so much. Um, nice catch. And so, yeah, I, my favorite product is Select. Mm -hmm. um, second product, favorite product is Optic. Yeah. Third is Prism. Um, Prism brings the most money, but I love the look and the prints of Select and Optic better. And so I'm really excited to open some Optic football. Um, I have low expectations, but if I do hit a quarterback, um, I'm gonna be pretty excited because they're catching good money and they're just beautiful, beautiful cards. So what do people looking for Optic right now? Like uh, like we spoke about Pokemon being a Charizard. What mm -hmm. would be like the big? Well, this year's draft class for NFL has some really incredible talent. You can just throw them for Great. Great miss. Um, so, yeah, uh, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. Um, you got Tua and Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, you got some great quarterbacks there. And then some other quarterbacks that are sleepers, too, like James Morgan um, for the Jets. You know, he might end up somewhere someday. I think he's a real talent. Mm -hmm. um, and so you just have a ton of good quarterbacks. And then a few good running backs, DeAndre Swift, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs, um, and then some amazing wide receivers, too. Uh, my boy Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. I've uh, been buying and collecting his cards, and he had an incredible rookie season. So, um, yeah, any Justin Jefferson to make my day, but the quarterbacks are huge talent, um, and will definitely be in the league for a while, it looks like. So this what, product's really fun. Yeah, what players do you usually collect, like the basketball or football? Personally, I uh, my favorite sport is college basketball. Mm -hmm. So I end up collecting uh, Big 12 basketball players that end up in the uh, league. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my big PCs are Monte Morris, George Niang, uh, this year Tyrese Halliburton for the Kings, and uh, Jarrett Culver, who plays on the Timberwolves, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a, our local team. And so collect a lot of those guys. Um, and then for football, um, you know, Iowa State has had some um, – Players make it, David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler and some guys like that. So, yeah, mostly uh, people I watched in college that make it to the league, I PC those. And then um, recently I've just been picking up some vintage stuff of players I kind of idolized as a kid. Mm. Uh, I love Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, John Stockton. So I bought a few of their rookie cards just to kind of display and enjoy. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think about yeah. like the Jordan hype, uh, vintage? <laughs> well, I love it. It's fun. Um, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great. I was fortunate enough to buy a Michael Jordan rookie card right before it blew up, mm -hmm. and so I was uh, I just sold it last week. I was um, able to do really, really, really well on that, and very grateful. Um, how, how do those uh, for those people that are listening don't know how much those fetch for? Um, you know how much the, like what was my yeah. Market? So so I got a, a seven um, PSA or S SGC, which is a a third kind of grading company that mostly does vintage. Mm -hmm. So it's SGC seven. Yeah. Um, at the time I bought it, it was valued at uh, around thirty eight hundred. Mm -hmm. um, 
I was able to get it. I was in for about 3200 mm-hmm. um, We did kind of some trades and stuff, so I felt pretty strong about that. Um, and made a trade at a local card show for it. And then last week, uh, Jordan's just blown up, and last week I was able to um, fly down to Vegas and trade it uh, for about $18,500 worth of cards and cash. So a huge come up, and um, really grateful for it. Shout out to my friend Alan. He was the one that pushed me to buy the Jordan at that show. Um, told me there was huge potential and it's taught me a lot about the vintage market. So I owe him something really nice. Really nice. Nice, right? nice steak dinner. Right. Yeah. So. Do you think that like uh, Kobe, because we spoke about Kobe autos and um, we also spoke about Jordan vintage. Do you think that type of stuff is just going to continue to go up? <clears throat> it at least hold. I mean, it, it peaked probably over the weekend yeah um and is now dipping a little bit and kind of chilling out for most most of the vintage cards yeah but in the sports card world we've been seeing so much money coming from million dollar two million dollar ten million dollar investors and they're buying safe investments so they're buying jordan kobe shaq larry bird magic johnson um scotty pippen you know Kind of all, all the greats, yeah. And so, um, and LeBron, LeBron's gone crazy, and so they're buying safe in investments, which is awesome. Um, so that's kind of been the push lately. Um, the vintage market is just getting bought up like crazy, mm-hmm. um, and the modern market has dipped because of that. And so, um, yeah, it's it's just kind of comes and goes. I I think it'll settle out a little bit and hold pretty steady. They're not producing Michael Jordan cards or Scotty Pittman cards or anything like that mm-hmm. um, right now that are worth anything, and so their rookie cards are gonna are gonna hold forever. Like yeah. I, I don't think Jordan will ever really be taken down off the the goat throne. So um, his cards will always always be iconic and bring money. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, wasn't there like something about I saw an article I want to say. Um, that said that they some company had the rights to print any Michael Jordan stuff, so that's why you weren't really seeing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Yeah, so I think uh, Fleer was printing his early stuff, and then he, I think, entered a contract, I might be wrong, but entered a contract with Upper Deck mm-hmm. um, for kind of the second part of his career, and yeah. so a lot of his cards are like Fleer and Upper Deck, yeah. and then Upper Deck doesn't even do basketball anymore so yeah. um yeah oh nice got a couple decent cards what have you pulled so far so i'm just happy to pull some silver rookies um no one too extreme but it's always nice to pull at least some some colored rookies this guy colin johnson mm-hmm. who's for the jaguars um I don't know much about him, but I've pulled his silver rookie and a pink rookie, so I think he's probably a wide receiver. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Um, but if he ever turns into anything, be pretty well set up. <laughs> so when you're doing stuff like that, any rookie card, you just leave it up just in case. Yeah, I sleep every single rookie card I get. You like with sports, we have no idea who's gonna be the next legend. Mm-hmm. So. They're called penny sleeves for a reason. I, you know, invest a penny into every rookie, and 
anyone halfway decent, I make sure they get in a top loader and um, keep them safe. There's so many cards I've dug out, like DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, man, his cards were going for so cheap, and uh, but I knew he was a high draft pick, so I luckily top loaded all of his cards. And now, you know, even his prison base raw is catching 20 bucks. So um, I had probably 40 or 50 of those lying around. Yeah. Um, it's nice to turn those cards into some money. Yeah, it's always crazy to see how much stuff, like you said, you're just going back and like seeing if any of your cards were worth anything mm-hmm. um, or how much you could have made if you would have like held them maybe or created them. Um, I do agree, it's really crazy Ooh. to see some stuff like that. Ooh. You get something good? Yeah, nice little last pack out of my blaster. I got a Jacob Eason. Uh, rookie quarterback for the Colts is silver, nice. which is definitely gonna bring some money. And then I got a base Jalen Hurts, so uh, got two not huge rookie quarterbacks, but two um, pretty decent ones. Right. I like Jacob Eason and uh, Jalen Hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to kind of see how they uh, turn out. But this Jacob Eason, I will. Probably send in to get graded, so nice. I will definitely pay pay for the box if that grade's halfway decent. Um, but yeah, I had a pretty good box there. Um, I also hit this no-name rookie quarterback, Tommy Stevens, for the Saints. And with Drew Brees retiring, you never know if he'll get a shot someday. So yeah, that's a nice card to hit, too. Um, just kind of set aside, and someday that might be a $50 card. Right. I feel you. Um, I think a lot of people, when they're getting into cards, they don't really look at investment-wise. Do you think that's huge to look at it instead of just like quick flips? Or would you, like getting into it, would you change anything up when you got into it? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I've kind of changed a little bit of my outlook on just when to buy and when to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in order for me to keep in this hobby, you do need to sell stuff and make money back. Mm-hmm. Um, money's not endless to anybody outside of Tom Brady. So, right. uh, yeah, it's a uh, you kind of need to sell some stuff. And basically, when players are super super hot, I've kind of made the decision that if if they really peak and don't show potential every single night like I'm okay selling that stuff and then maybe I can rebuy it when they dip yeah um, like Nikhil Alexander Walker he's a rookie for the Pelicans mm-hmm. and uh, recently they had some guys out he got to play a full game mm-hmm. he went off for like 38 points and no one had really put any stock into him and so uh, his car skyrocketed yeah and so it, it was fun I you know I was able to keep some of his stuff that I really liked, but unload a lot of his cards that would normally sell for 50 cents. You yeah. know, get five bucks. That's when you multiply that by 50 or 100 cards that you got lying around, that's a pretty big difference, so. Yeah, um, I ripped in my stuff real quick. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no cards are, unfortunately, but dang, I did pull some good stuff. Ooh. Pulled some good stuff at least. Um, okay. I know what's the best card you got? Uh, I want to say Nine Tails is a good one. Yeah, that was maybe the best card I ever pulled from Pokemon. To be honest with you, well, a lot of these went up. So yeah, I got a lot of these trainers too. I got a lady trainer. Um, shot up as well. 
And that's the good thing with like Pokemon and Hidden Fates especially. Any of the trainers really are going for money. So I pulled a Mario <laughs> trainer and um, surprising. Yeah, like these shinies, these trainers, like I said, go for a decent amount, really. So, but everyone, of course, is looking for that Charizard. Um, that's gonna be the big pull for now. Sweet. Um, yeah. Well, that's nice. I mean, some of those secondary cards are going for a little money. Yeah, there's some. Uh, I need to do. I need to look up a little bit, but uh, for the most part, like I said, they do hold their value, and that's a good thing about them. Cool. What uh, product are you ready for for this year? Is there any product Dude, that you uh, Optic and Select Basketball. Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled. Um, I'll be spending way too much money chasing Tyrese Halliburton cards. And, uh, you know, congrats to him. He's doing incredibly well in the league. And he won Rookie of the Month for his conference and is in talk of the Rookie of the Year already, um, right next to LaMelo. And so... It's pretty cool to see him up there. Sadly, his cards are going for a lot of money, and so uh, it's just more money that's going to come out of my pocket. But right, yeah, he'll be a he'll be my main PC for the year, um, as he was a a great guy to watch um, at Iowa State, and got to meet him uh, a little bit. Sold him some shoes back in the day, nice. and he's just he's kind of an all around class act guy. So yeah. really enjoyed um, watching his career bloom. And it'll be fun to invest in his sports cards. So once Optic and Select come out for basketball this year, um, we'll be going hard on that and uh, collecting some good stuff. But what's been your biggest pull so far, um, like to uh, to date? Biggest mm -hmm. pull was out of a National Treasures box. I pulled um, last year Kyler Murray's true RPA mm -hmm. out of 25 out of National Treasures, which National Treasures true RPAs are kind of a cornerstone of like the high-end collector's market in mm -hmm. sports cards. And it was a big risk and it paid off. Um, so that was a card that I was able to get and I sold right away for 7,500 bucks. Jeez. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. And definitely made my wife excited about sports cards. She, right. <laughs> you know, it was kind of one of those things where I would never sold cards before that, mm -hmm. and I would just say like, "Hey, I got this card. It's worth two hundred bucks." And in the back of her mind, she was always like, "Cool," but I'm not sure anyone would actually ever pay that. Right. And so when I got a PayPal um, for seventy five hundred dollars from a random stranger, I think that made her realize that there's a lot of potential in sports cards. Yeah. So um, so these Ninetales go for 30 a pop. Nice, raw? Yeah, raw. Oof. This one's a $20 card for the lady. Congrats. Like I said, there's, a, there's some good folds in this. Yeah. Mm, so that's the good thing about it. Um, hey. Do you usually rip yourself product or do you usually join a, like... Um, I'm ripping something daily. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, so if I don't have product, I'm, I'm joining, joining in breaks. Um, got a couple of Facebook groups I really love that do a good job with breaks. And yeah. it's about uh, a $50 card right there. Wow, congratulations. That's nice. awesome. And uh, yeah, well, I, I keep a lot of product around myself. And so I'll try to rip a box or two of something a mm -hmm. day. But yeah, right now I'm opening the Mega for Optic. And Optic. Second pack in. Third pack in. I've done pretty well already, and I've got a my first hit coming up. I think this is probably a, a patch. Chris Godwin. Yeah, a little patch for the Bucks. 
Nice. Not bad. What do you think about patch cards? Would you rather have a patch card or an auto? <laughs> <laughs> auto. All the way. Yeah. I'm going to take one of these megas from you. Yeah, by all means. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely autos are where it's at. I mean, patch cards, Panini's got a little swift with it, with lately, and they they used to be a lot of like game-worn patches and different things like that, but now they're all just like themed and patches of jerseys you could buy in their souvenir shop. So. That's what I was going to ask. So when I first saw like patch stuff, right, mm -hmm. I thought that uh, it was game-worn. Yeah. Always. Nope. What's the deal with that? Like, what... <laughs> I always thought that that's what the case was. Um, I look, I did look at a video of uh, of Panini. I want to say uh, producing them, like making them, mm -hmm. and it was just so weird to see. Nice. You got something good? Yeah. Nice Jalen Hurts uh, rookie insert. Nice. A really pretty card. Elite series. But yeah. Um, on most of their low-end product or standard product, mm -hmm. they have really um, kind of just started using random materials. Mm -hmm. I, still, in most of like their flawless national treasures, high-end products like that, mm -hmm. they're using game-worn, which I really like. And sometimes the patches on those are really, really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so then I can be all about patch, but yeah, patches don't really catch any money, so it's hard to get too excited. Yeah, that's my thing was, I just always assumed that it was always, always, always um, game-worn and stuff like that, which I think is crazy. Um, what do you think about, uh, like, the grading process and the time it takes to get stuff back nowadays? Yeah, I think uh, I think we detoured off that subject earlier. Um, I think it's... Um, it sucks, obviously. Mm -hmm. When you have a card that you know if it will PSA 10 and you think it will, because it's a beautiful condition card, mm -hmm. you know it'll go for you know $1,000. It's mm -hmm. really hard to wait five months to get that back. Yeah. Especially when you know that market, like that player might get hurt or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's just more of a calculated risk on, do I want to send that in? Or yeah. do I want to send it in? Um, or sell it raw when they're hot. So it just takes a little more market research and um, kind of knowing like, hey, football season isn't, isn't going on right now. So I'm happy to send in all these optics that um, are great because, you know, four months from now, it'll be NFL season mm -hmm. again and I'll get my cards back in the perfect time. Like I'm not gonna sell NFL right now because the market's gonna be pretty bad. Yeah. So sometimes it works out, but yeah, if I hit a huge Zion card right now, it's gonna be terrible to send it in because you're like, well, who knows what Zion will look like in six months. Yeah, that's hopefully what, good, but. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. What do you think about, cause there's obviously a lot of hype with Jaw and Zion. Mm -hmm. What do you, do you think the hype should be there? Or is it just? Heck yeah. Yeah. What was my boys? I invest heavy in Jaw and Zion, oh, so. Silver. I've, <laughs> I've, gotta, I've gotta say, uh, say it but yeah i'm all in on those and i've kind of split my cards up 50 50 so i've got you know kind of half investments in zion and half in jaw mm -hmm. and if one of them becomes an incredible 
Hall of Famer or something like that, I'm going to be set up. And so I've kind of just decided, like, one of those guys should be a huge player. Yeah. Um, so I love them, man. They, they played against each other last night. It was a really good game. So that was pretty fun to watch. How do you think a lot of people don't realize that a game – do you think a game could make or break really, like um, – like a player's card going up. Yeah, it's that vital, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, it's you know it's not going to be a huge difference, but it does play into it. Like if Jaw has five games in a row where he doesn't score that much, yeah, his cards will dip, and uh, it's kind of crazy to see. But on on the other side, if they have two forty point games back to back, his cards are going to rise. So. It makes it fun to watch those games and pay attention to stats and kind of know when to sell and when to when to buy. When do you think is the best time to sell or like just just, when, when, just when they're hot? But I don't know. It, it depends what your bank account looks like too. Um, if my bank account was huge, I would never sell any cards. You know, the only reason to sell cards is to make some money back. Yeah, and um, keep yourself. Yeah. And so, yeah, when players are super, super hot, I uh, like to sell some of them, not all of them. Mm-hmm. But John's Ion, I don't really sell. I think they're great long-term holds. Luca and Trey, same situation. So, anyway. I agree with that as well, too. Um, Oof, dang it. No autograph. Panini no autograph. S- stabbed me with points. Jeez. Which is brutal. Dang you, Panini. <laughs> how does it no fun? I was gonna say, how do points really work? How do they work out? Well, you know, they're not such a bad thing, uh, but it's no fun. And so these uh, mega boxes always have like one patch card and one autograph. Yeah. And I hadn't hit my autograph yet, and so it's just that was gonna be it. Flat, yeah. <laughs> Which. In all honesty, I'd rather have 600 points because that's a pretty that's a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, Those points go towards what? So kind of just different rewards, but I'd rather have points than random defensive tackle autograph that's going to sell for a dollar. Yeah. Um, so points, they come out. Panini comes out with different product that's reward points only. So a lot of the white sparkle packs, which are some of my favorite cards in the world. Hey, that's not that's not bad. Nice. Um, yeah, white sparkle packs. They're I forget exactly how many points they are. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe around like. Hmm. Three thousand points or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I forget exactly how many points they are, but they come out for um, Optic and Prism and different stuff like that. And so, like, Prism NFL just dropped their white sparkle packs a while ago, and so you have to have points to buy those. Um, So that's kind of what most people save them up for. Uh, Otherwise, autos that never get redeemed, Panini will throw them up for 100 or 200 points on their website. But usually they're washed up players that aren't in the league, so not that many people want them. Um, but yeah, 600 points, actually, I could sell that for 50, 60 bucks, no problem. Mm-hmm. And for a box that costs 50 bucks, 
Yeah, you know, it actually kind of works out because Panini's like, here you go, you can make your money back, and then all the cards are free. <laughs> yeah, I feel so, like that's how usually it works. Um, as, as salty as I am about hitting points from Panini, points sell for money, so I'm... I'm okay with it. And 600 points is actually a pretty good hit. Usually they're like 150 to 250. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, all good. And actually out of that uh, Mega, I hit a Darrington Evans Silver. Nice. Um, a couple other decent rookies. Tristan Wirfs for the Bucks, who played at Iowa. Um, go Iowa State, but always nice hit in Iowa guards. Another Tommy Stevens. And then got a... Denzel Mims and Xavier McKinney bronze, which aren't numbered, but nice cards. And then for my Vikings, a Jeff Gladney silver. Nice. Um, I got a Jacob Eason base, a Jalen Hurts insert, and then probably the best hit out of the box was a Lubishka Chenault, who's a pretty um, high potential wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I hit his orange scope, which is um, a mega exclusive. Nice. And it's numbered out of 79. Ooh. So really beautiful card. You can check that out. These cards are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I love Optic. They're so clean. Um, they're just a beautiful card, so. These cards are nice. Yeah. And I hit uh, like an Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, which those cards will sell for like five bucks a piece, so. There's a lot of potential to make some money back. It was a solid box. Really happy with it. It's really good. Um, what's your move moving forward with cards? Do you want to do? What do you think about doing in the future with them? Having fun always. <laughs> no, I. Uh, my goal right now, I've got kind of a certain dollar amount that I would love to hit. Mm -hmm. Um, in value I have in sports cards. I've always kind of set goals for, like when I was reselling shoes, I always had a, a goal in mind of, I want to have this much money in equity in shoes. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so I kind of have that with sports cards right now. And I don't do a great job tracking how much money I put into sports cards, but um, I track kind of how much money I have in them. Yeah. As far as equity and what my cards and what my sealed wax investments are worth, mm -hmm. and um, so I'm trying to trying to get to that number. I'd like to get there in the next few months, um, and then honestly, probably when I hit that number, I will consider it a success right. and sell a lot of my stuff, and um, and then kind of start over. Yeah. And um, I'll still be buying cards. Um, to PC, but I think once I get there, I'll start ripping less product and just investing in singles and just buying individual uh, cards that I really want. So, um, kind of streamline my focus on sports cards, but I'm still very bullish about the market and think there's huge potential. So, I agree with um, that. Um, I'm, I'm going to stay in it for quite some time. Yeah. I think it's crazy to see how, like, a lot of people shifted from sneakers to cards what's your thoughts on that yeah easy switch i mean it's just another stock market of assets essentially right yeah so you're investing in things that go up and down and you're trying to predict the market and um, make money on it so 
I think that's why it's such an easy transition for shoe resellers mm -hmm. to jump on sports cards. Yeah. It is because they already understand the business model of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just really fun. Like all of us, for the most part, grew up with sports cards um, kind of being a fun childish thing. Mm -hmm. And so now the fact that we get to be adults and open packs and look at sports cards and have fun with them it's, uh, and make money, it's kind of like a child's dream. So. I think it's always good that <laughs> we can like kind of incorporate all that together yeah. um, as far as like something you really like and also making money at the same time. Definitely. Can I see what you got? Yeah, go ahead. Nice RJ Barrett. Yeah. Nothing too special, but got some good stuff. Yeah. Jalen Noel, he's a player for the Timberwolves that's been doing pretty well, and he's not in all the products, I don't think, and so those are good cards to have. What do you um, what do you think about all the craziness that's been going on with shoes and cards as far as like being limited products? Um, do you think that there should be that this craze is gonna go up or down, especially with the market. Everyone's mm -hmm. talking about, you know, things are gonna crash. You'd see cards crashing at all? Crash, I will never say the word crash. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that's realistic. I think we're all in sports cards. Mm -hmm. um, at some facet for the long haul, you mm -hmm. know? I think there'll be a correction and some people will get out of it. And with anything, it's trendy. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's just crazy hot right now. Yeah, it's what you know. Every middle schooler is talking about sports cards right now, mm -hmm. which is awesome. And so, I think that'll ride for a few years, um, to an extent. That's kind of what I see trends um, to kind of follow. It's like, all right, we'll have a couple huge years, and then it'll kind of die down as far as trends go. Yeah. Um, but as long as there's huge talent in athletics, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a market and. I have really enjoyed the past year getting this into sports cards, and I think for the rest of my life, I'll always pay attention to sports cards. Yeah. I'll always check on, like, what are these cards worth? What are John Zion cards worth? What are Michael Jordan cards worth? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think so many people out there are now valuing sports cards as kind of a their own currency or their own assets with worth, and so... Yeah. Just like shoes. Just like shoes, yeah. yeah. And it's just one of those things that, like, 20 years down the road, Virgil Abloh might not be anything mm -hmm. um, Check those out too. that people care about. Mm -hmm. But I'll still always look back to, like, a Nike off-white shoe and be like, what can I buy that for, you know, 20 years down the road? Because um, it's had an impact in my life. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that'll be kind of the same thing with sports cards where it's like, all right, we've all learned the fun part and the investment part of uh, sports cards mm -hmm. enough where we're never gonna fully lose interest, so. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, honestly. It's just been crazy. Um, do you think you're gonna be one of those people that passes it down to like their kids and stuff <laughs> like that? I hope so. Yeah? Yeah, it'd be fun. And when we do sports card shows lately, I get the biggest kick out of seeing parents come in with their family mm -hmm. and the kids getting super excited to find their favorite player mm -hmm. and I think that's really cool to see kids and parents bonding over sports cards and just sports in general and um, yeah I, I grew up in, in athletics and so I just know 
kind of the pros of bonding with your family over that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool to see it. I love it. And uh, I think it's just one of those things that is so huge. Like you walk into a sports card show mm-hmm. and there will be a six-year-old kid buying cards right next to an 85-year-old guy. Yeah. And they're both having a great time. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that outside of money that I think sports cards um, have done is like really unite people across so many generations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty valuable. I do agree with, do you have any more penny sleeves or this is it? This is it. Okay. <laughs> All right, let me, uh, I'm gonna use some of these then. Some of the, uh... oh yeah, that works out. So I'm gonna open a NFL Prism blaster nice. and uh, probably take a, a hard L here, but high risk, high reward. Prism has been terrible to people. So. I was gonna say, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Prism? Because I, <laughs> I told you I hate it. I absolutely will not yeah. get into it. Yeah. See, the the issue for me is like I hit a or I just hit an orange disco rookie card. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know that should be something in basketball that'd be like a great hit because mm-hmm. you have pretty big potential. Yeah. Um, this guy is Michael Warren the second. Mm-hmm. You know he's good enough to get in the NFL, but. My qualms are he didn't get any time this year, really. Mm-hmm. He plays for the Eagles. And his picture is in his college uniform, which is very frustrating. Why is that? Well, it just, like, kind of cheapens the product a little bit. Um, and so that's kind of why I'm frustrated. But he just never played in the NFL, so they don't have a picture. Um, sometimes they'll Photoshop stuff in, but... Not all the time. So, anyway, it's just one of those things where it's like, you should be excited about hitting a rookie colored, mm-hmm. but the market's just not there. Like, this card, I guarantee you, is only worth 50 cents. Wow. So, it's just one of these things where you need to hit a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. to make any money, and they're extremely hard to hit in this year's prism. So, it's just kind of a ongoing grind of trying to find them. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about to kind of close uh, this podcast out is Skate Shop Day. Uh, Skate Shop Day is going to be the 19th. I will be dropping this podcast um, tomorrow, the 18th, or you're listening to it now. Um, Of course, our local skate shop, Subsec Kevin, um, he's an awesome guy. I wanted to, of course, give you guys at least um, a day to heads up to go support local. Um, Skate Shop Day has been honestly... Um, pretty cool this year. Uh, I know they have some skate decks that they're going to be having there, um, as well as Lo- uh, not Logan, but Kevin uh, will be having some new merch. And um, I absolutely love it, man. I think that that skate shop subsect, of course, uh, has been doing really good things for Iowa, for the skaters, for the community, and even when all the Beyond, uh, Black Lives Matter stuff was going on. Uh, we went down there, spoke to the owner, of course, Kevin, and he's like just a super cool guy. I think you guys should really go check his shop out. Um, and if you don't live in Iowa, go check your local uh, skate shop out because you guys don't realize how much uh, you know they do for the community and, and their stories too. I'd love to have him on um, here on the podcast one day. I was texting him uh, to see if we could set some things up, but. Uh, what are your thoughts, Logan, on just like just local shops and, and especially how the pandemic <laughs> affected 
uh, local stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a pretty big supporter of supporting local business, um, and try to do my my darnest to keep Des Moines businesses af- afloat. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, yeah, when when there's skate shop day or record store day or any particular day like that, I love to go out and show a little sport, spend some money, mm-hmm. um, at least drop in, say hi, see what's up, um, do that. I, I think Des Moines overall does a pretty good job of supporting their local businesses. It's something we kind of take pride in, just being a smaller city, mm-hmm. um, trying to support the businesses we care about. So uh, Kevin has done an incredible job with that skate shop. Um, and the skate community in Des Moines, you know, is is great. Like, there's so many incredible skaters here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have incredible skate parks being built every day, and it's pretty cool to see what um, the guys down at Subsect have really been able to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, heck yeah, I, I will continue to spend a lot of money there and support that shop. Um, I'm excited to uh, drop by this weekend and Show a little love. Yeah, um, I'm super excited for the new skate park that we're getting. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna uh, bring a lot of good attention um, and stuff to like the yeah to Iowa really. Oh, totally. We're gonna have like we're gonna have some big time skaters come yeah. in and skate our park, and you know, there's there's talk about some good competitions coming in. And so I think it'll be a, a really cool asset for this town to have. That's what I'm super excited for. Um, what are you looking most forward to uh, this year as far as like cards or maybe shoes? Um, are you still really invested in shoes or would you say you're more invested in cards? Sadly, I can't do both yeah. quite as much. Um, so I'm, I'm putting more time into sports cards right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a big shoe reselling business going on and um, it's just happening a little more behind the scenes. Um, just posting a little less about it, mm-hmm. but still, you know, making sure all my clients are really taken care of. I feel of. like you're more behind so, the scenes. Like, oh, people yeah. don't realize, like, the stuff that you're doing, <laughs> especially when those trophy rooms, when you posted that picture, it blew up. Like, that was, that was something that nobody here, especially in Iowa, yeah. has, like, had at all. Yeah, I, I move a whole lot of shoes to a whole lot of people that no one knows who they are. Uh, no one sees me post about it, and mm-hmm. that's one... Um, Terrible marketing on on my part. I get that, but I kind of for your wallet, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I love to to make moves behind the scenes, Sounds and um, you know, even I've I've done some pretty crazy deals in the sports card world mm-hmm. recently, um, bigger deals than I ever thought I would ever do, and um, yeah, it's just kind of not my natural tick to to try to boast or post a lot about that stuff. So um, yeah, all of my good friends and my clients. Um, kind of know what I'm up to and they I keep them in the loop um, but outside that I, I kind of keep everyone in the dark which I enjoy as a as a um, aging man yeah <laughs> it's always good though to, to be like that because I'll be father time of the the resale world and the sports card investment world so um, but it's it's fun to come on here and um, yeah chat and kind of spew out a few of my thoughts that I, I don't share too often and hopefully this this helps but um yeah, I always say, like, I, I know you're the same way. Uh, get in our inbox. Um, hit me up. I'll give you my phone number. You can text me all you want. I'm always open to share as much information as I have because all of my knowledge has come from someone else. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to pass it along. If you have any questions on sports cards, 
uh, shoes, or if you guys have any um, cards that you're really excited about or anything like that that I should be looking into, I would love the advice. So, um, yeah, just continue to build a, a little community and help each other out. Yeah, that's what I was going to tell you as far as, like, a last message for everyone that's listening. What would you like to uh, to leave the people off with? What words would you like to leave with? <laughs> yeah, um, dream big. I know that's a kind of cliche thing to say, but um, I've had a lot of talks recently with some some people, and I think we're just acknowledging the fact that anyone can make a career out of many different things mm-hmm. in this world right now, which has been so fun like you just see actual people come from nothing and build up huge businesses Mm. very quickly yeah and it's just cool to see the potentials now that we have such an online world and social media driven world and um, the potentials of making money on sports cards and shoes and things like that is just really really amazing to see um, kind of that potential and so yeah, I, I started getting into shoes and now sports cards with not too much money, but um, has really taken off. And I think as long as you're putting in a, a lot of hard work and gaining a lot of knowledge and know how to run a decent business, you can you can make money in so many different um, aspects of, of the world right now. So, um, yeah, figure out what you're good at. Uh, figure out what, like, wakes you up in the morning and gets you really excited and I can guarantee you, you can make a career out of it. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Where can people message you at? Yeah. Um, my main Instagram uh, for my shoe resale business is at DSM Drops. Um, and you can hit me up there. I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, Facebook is just Logan Clement. This is my name. You can hit me up on there. Um, or I'll be out and around if you're in Des Moines. Just... Uh, Come hit me up if you see me out and about. Say hi, and uh, yeah, I'd love to meet you. Some people will probably ask for your autograph after. A, no, please no. Right? <laughs> I wonder how much the Logan Auto is going to go for here in a couple of years. Probably not much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you again for always uh, coming on and you yeah, know, it's always writing some good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Fun. So thank you. Thank you, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, we didn't get a Charizard. My luck is sometimes there. Uh, we had decent luck. Yeah, I think it was, it was fun. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, of course, you can find the podcast on all major listening platforms. You can follow myself uh, on Instagram at 99Manny, all spelled out. Follow the podcast at Full Drop Podcast on Instagram and, of course, YouTube Full Drop TV. Follow the ripping card page at Rip Ritual, all that good stuff. Until next time, guys. Peace.